Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute designated cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. We are housed in the Martin Gatton College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. We partner with University of Kentucky Healthcare. My guest today is Tara Armstrong, a genetic counselor with Markey Cancer Center. Welcome, Tara. Hi, thanks for having me. So as we get started, will you share with me a little bit about what being a genetic counselor means? So as a genetic counselor in the Markey Cancer Center, our primary role is clinical. So we see patients based on their personal and family history of cancers, tumors, or polyps. Genetic counselors can fill many different roles and in many different specialties. We're cancer specific since we're housed in Markey, but For a genetic counseling appointment, what we're doing typically is assessing patients for risks for hereditary cancer syndrome. So gathering information about their personal risk factors and their family history, assessing whether or not they meet criteria for genetic testing, ordering that, interpreting the results, communicating those with patients to help them and their family members better understand their risks. So are there common cancers that typically benefit from genetic counseling? Yeah, so a lot of it depends on the type of cancer, and there's some other factors that people can take into account for whether or not genetic counseling could be beneficial to them. Some of the more common hereditary cancers we see would be breast cancer, ovarian, colon, uterine, pancreatic and prostate cancers. Do we see a link sometimes between, for example, breast cancer and colon cancer? Is there a genetic link sometimes between people who have those two cancers? There can be. So there's every gene basically has its own unique set of cancers that are related to it. A lot of people are familiar with the BRCA genes. So BRCA1, BRCA2, or BRCA1, BRCA2, those two genes primarily link breast and ovarian cancer together, but we can also see pancreatic, prostate, and male breast cancer with those two genes. Genetic counselors are great resources for understanding the links between certain cancer types and genes, and there's lots of genes that we can test for nowadays, so we're trying to better understand some of those relationships still. This is a little bit off topic, but what type of training did you have to have to become a genetic counselor? Anyone who practices as a certified genetic counselor has to go through a master's program in genetic counseling. There's a lot more programs available now than than there were in the past, but typically genetic counselors will have their master's degree 
in genetic counseling. And usually their undergrad, like bachelor's degree can be really in any topic. Most people have some sort of background in biology, genetics, or psychology, because there is, um, you know, a psychosocial component to genetic counseling, helping patients, you know, make complicated or, you know, decisions that can impact their, you know, mental health and, you know, their, their social relationships with, with the people that they're related to. So there's always a, a little bit of psychosocial counseling that mm-hmm. is with our discussion of genetic testing. Forgive me for going off topic, but it just, it hit me that I'm like, hmm, I wonder how you got into this field. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. do you find that there are rare types of cancer that you discover through genetic counseling or, or that people find that they have that's preconditioned for rare types of cancer when they go through genetic counseling? Yeah, there's definitely some rare cancer types that could be potential red flags for hereditary cancer syndromes. So sometimes, you know, we tell patients or providers, you know, if you hear one of these in your family, or if you know someone who has this, you know, that could be an indication that maybe something genetic is going on. Um, And sometimes they're just more rare types of common cancers. So for example, you know, breast cancer, unfortunately, is fairly common in women, but male breast cancer is more rare. So a male patient with breast cancer would definitely be an indication to consider genetic counseling and genetic testing. There's other specific types of tumors like pheochromocytomas or paragangliomas, uh, certain types of subsets of cancers like medullary thyroid cancers, neuroendocrine tumors, some of those can be indications for something hereditary just because the type of cancer or tumor itself is rare. I feel like that I have filled up my brain with words that I'm not sure I've ever heard before, but then I'm also, I'm just fascinated. This is, this is so, I feel like you're a little bit of an anthropologist or a forensic detective a little bit in in your work as well. Yeah, there is some, you know, detective work that goes on sometimes trying to figure out exactly what stuff means in relation to the to the people in the family and the cancers that they have. So, I guess when you do some genetic testing and someone discovers that they they don't have a genetic predisposition for whatever cancer that they have, there's probably some sort of a relief because they know then then they're probably not going to pass it on to their children and and their siblings might not have the concern not that they're not going to ever get cancer but they're not going to have that kind of cancer right so there definitely can be relief with testing negative with genetic testing mostly because people learn that they don't have basically a, a harmful variant or mutation in a specific cancer gene that's going to predispose them to cancer or their next generation. Families get a little complicated because siblings can still be at risk if there's a strong family history, but it can be uh, reassuring to patients that they themselves don't have a hereditary syndrome. The other main thing that I wanted to say in relation to that is most patients do test negative, and that's because only about 5 to 10% of cancers are hereditary. So for most patients, it does just confirm that they don't have a specific hereditary condition that we can identify. 
but we always encourage patients to continue to follow up with genetics because one, our testing will improve over time. And two, maybe we discover a new gene or, or a different, you know, hereditary syndrome to test for. And so for some families and patients, it's just, it looks genetic and, and there may be something we just haven't discovered it yet, or we don't know. Yet. And that's why research is also a big part of genetics too. You know, families that have very suspicious histories, they can also benefit from participating in research because that's how we discover these conditions anyway, is by tracking families over time and doing testing for family members to see, you know, what is tracking with the cancers in the family and what appears suspicious. So cancer by its nature is a mutation anyway. So the mutations might not have finished mutating, right? (laughs) Well, and part of what we talk about with patients sometimes too is, you know, just the the basics of, of cancer and tumor development. So having a hereditary predisposition is like you're starting off one step down the path to developing cancer ahead of other people. You know, cells become cancerous cells by having different hits, aging, lifestyle, environment, random chance. But having a genetic predisposition is like your cells start off with one hit already just because their body is missing those natural instructions for cancer protection that we would typically expect with a working cancer gene. Right. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that we need to cover? I think the main things to keep in mind is, you know, if in your family, you have multiple family members with the same types of cancers, multiple generations affected, young ages of diagnosis, like below the age of 50, or, you know, known mutations in the family, please seek out genetic counseling. It could be a great resource for you. You know, genetic testing is much more affordable today and covered by insurance a lot more frequently than it was in the past. So don't let that be a hindrance to to reaching out to a genetics provider. And then, of course, if you want to be seen by a genetic counselor, you can reach out to one directly or talk with your primary care doctor or provider you see frequently, like a medical oncologist or your OB-GYN, and request a referral um, to meet with someone and discuss genetic counseling and genetic testing. Knowledge is power. So that gives you the ability to make decisions, right? Definitely, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with me today, Tara. Thank you so much for having us. And if you are just tuning in, you are listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, and you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. Building strong families, building Kentucky. It starts with us.